Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. It is Thursday, sometime in July. Hello, Mr. Holly. How are you? Are you there? Can you hear me, Mr. Holly? I can, Mr. Marland. How are you on this sunny, sunny evening? Beautiful, balmy, sunny evening on planet Earth. Mm, don't have to answer that. <laughs> really? You're right. Yeah, marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. I can tell by the tone of your voice. <sighs> Harumphing already? That wasn't quite a harumph, that was more of a sigh. That was a, a sort sigh. of tired harumph. Oh. If I had more energy, I'd be harumphing left, right and centre. Goodness me. But no. Tell me some good things you've been up to lately. Try and cheer me up with the things you've been doing. Oh, well. Have you fell over and grazed your knee lately? No, but I, I probably will do. that cheer me up. <laughs> <laughs> I have been for the last. Actually, no, I've, I've finished it now. But play Blackpool. Play. What was it called? Play Blackpool. That's what it's yeah. normally called. <laughs> I was trying to think of the proper name. Replay events. Play Blackpool. Play Expo Blackpool. Yeah, I've been there f- over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. But there was a big build up to it because I've been helping the arcade guy, James Retro Games Party with the Cabs, from the Wednesday morning to the Monday afternoon. So six days overall. Can you see me doing the sort of hand motions there, listeners? Six yeah, days. Yeah, it's great radio, that is. Well done. Good, keep, keep it up. Keep it up as we mean to go on. So it's been tiring, but really enjoyable. The show was really good, and the Saturday night out with all the podcasting lads was really good, really good. What I want to know is, did James RGP pay you in biscuits, and how many biscuits did you earn on this six days? So what, what hourly rate in biscuits are you are you sort of whoring yourself out to nowadays? My contract is about 40 custard creams an hour. An hour? <laughs> An hour, which is only really about two quid. Yeah, but you could stockpile your custard creams. I am doing. I'm having. You build a house out of them. I'm having problems with storage at the moment. If you, I, anyone I, can I, help. I've just thought of something brilliant. You know how we like arcade and biscuits. Yeah. You can. Yeah. You know your house is only small. And you've only really got room for one cab in your little room. Yeah. Build yourself an arcade barn. A cast, custard, cast and crumbs. <laughs> custard creams. Custard crumbs. Custard crumbs. <laughs> I see. I see. Can I have a custard cream? Yeah, you're going to have to coat it with something, though, because the rain, custard creams and rain don't go. Well, if they're in a packet, silly. Waterproof. Bish bosh. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorted. So, what else happened? Uh, what? Come on, as we usually do with the, the play and the replays and the revivals and everything else and the nergs, what was your game of the event? Which one did you play most and did you enjoy? I talked for most of the event to people. You always do, and they hate it when you talk to them. I know. People running off. I tried to get a lot of decent games in on Juno first, but I just couldn't get to it a lot. So, And, and it's def- James's cab is definitely set harder than the is it? Yeah, default number one that we have. You should have nipped in there and just changed the dip switches. 
Yeah, I was trying to play Bosconi a bit, Bosconian oh, a bit, but I didn't get on that so much. What was I playing most of? Probably Juno first. Oh, I know. Ooh. There was a game called Turbo, an old Sega game, which has got LED yep. display for the score. They had that in my chip shop when I was about eight. And we were fixing it up in James's lockup, and it is so super bassy. And the bass speaker, which has got to be like an eight-inch speaker below wow. the, well, just to the left of the coin door, it kind of blew up. It wasn't working. Oops. So there was loads of bass above you, just below the marquee. Yeah. So James got another speaker, and you could hear it at least half a hall away. It was that loud. <laughs> I remember that. Cause that's the game where you chase the ambulance, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, you have to... It's a racing game, and an ambulance comes. And if you, I think if, if you catch up with the ambulance, you get bonus points, or if you follow it for a certain amount of time, you get bonus points. It's been a long time since I played it, and it doesn't work so well in MAME, I don't think. No, because there's no... Analog controls and stuff, isn't it? And pedals yeah, and things. And the LED score's not there, is it? But it's no. a, it, it's a really enjoyed playing it. I think the ambulance bit, I was like, it was always catching up to you. There's no way you could dodge it. So I was slowing down and then going behind it. So it, if it hit you, you died. So yeah. it, it might have just been a dodge thing. But that, I really enjoyed Not a that. very good purpose of an ambulance, really, is it? No, it's an arcade ambulance. We, we just made you smash into us. Get in the back, love. Yeah. And I got the highest score on both days on it. Well done, you, sir. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, great little game, that. Do you want to hear some of the things I've been doing lately or things that have happened to me? Nah, come on, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Bro- uh, dropped my phone yesterday, broke it. Oh, what, iPhone 9Z or something? So, the latest one. Yeah. But um, good news and bad news. No, no, both bad. No, yeah, well, bad news, it's the only phone I've ever broken properly. And it's only got a very, very thin hairline crack along the screen. When I first, when I picked it up off the ground, because I'd just taken the case off because the case was broken. And they're flipping slippery, those things, without a case on. So I picked it up and went, oh, for goodness sake. And, like, you know, there's a little sort of chip on the corner of the metal. I thought, oh, God, you know, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Got across the road where I was going and looked at my phone again to do something. And then got noticed in the light, there was a crack. And I thought it was a hair at first. Mm. And it's a flipping great crack across it. But good news is I've got Apple Care. So mm. it'll only cost me 25 quid to have the screen repaired because it's like a, a, an excess payment for it. It's insurance. I think you're allowed two, two breakers a year. And I've never broken one before, so it's only going to cost me 25 quid. So it's no... Crying over spilt milk, really. So I'm not too worried about it. And it still works fine, even with a crack in it. Where I come from, Apple Care is making sure you don't drop your Granny Smiths in the supermarket. That's true. You should have a little, a little, a little sort of handbag for them to put Apple it to Care. nestle in. I like a Granny Smith. What else is broken lately? Yes, I do. It's on here. ZL button on my Switch doesn't work. Oof. Well, apparently this is a common fault. And do you remember me saying when the Switch was first announced, I thought, oh, it looks quite good. I like the look of it. I like the Nintendo bits, colourfulness and games and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I went, well, that me- mechanical moving of the little Switch controllers on the side around from the main body. Mm. I thought, oh, that's not going to work. You know, moving stuff around, clicking things in is going to break them. No, it's just a button doesn't work. But what I'm thinking is when that I bought, when wife got that for me from Amazon, from brand new, when it came, when I opened it and, and had a quick play with it, it had some games, someone had already been playing some games on it. And I thought, that's unusual. It had like Mario Kart 8 and Zelda Breath of the Wild and all that lot. And I noticed in the settings, someone had put Mark's Switch. So it had been owned already. And what I think had happened is the ZL Switch is broken. It's been sent back. And rather than going back to Nintendo to be fixed or, or you know replaced or whatever, they'd sold it on again. 
Ah, uh, yeah, could have done. Because when, when I first played the games, the games I was playing didn't use the ZL switch because it's like the lower left trigger button. And I wasn't mm. using it. And on Zelda Breath of the Wild, when you get to a certain point in the game, you've got to use it to use a shield. And there's a little tutorial how to use a shield. And that's how we realised it wasn't working properly. Right. But they're going to have the whole unit back when they get some new stocking because there's still no stock of them hardly anywhere. Right. And I'll be getting a new one, I think. So uh, we bought we bought a pro controller to use for now because wife was going to buy one anyway, and that mm. works fine. So we can still play it okay. Just that ZL button isn't working properly. Harum, harum. Mm, yeah, but it'll get fixed. So it's just got to wait a bit of time. That's all. Bit of go. So at least you can still play it, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I can shove wife off of it. She's she's, she's just now. In, she's just been into the room now, hasn't she? One, yeah, a minute ago. Some headphones thing or something. Try to headphone jack so she can hear the, the sound of when she's playing it. Because otherwise, I'll, this microphone's quite sensitive. And even down the end, of the, our house is quite long. And down mm. the end where the, the big TV is and, and the switch, you can, I could probably hear it if you turn it up to a reasonable volume. I think she's yeah. just really close to the TV playing it. She'll get square <laughs> eyes, that one. <laughs> Another good, well, actually one good thing. I went to see Phil, Phil Murray at his building site. Uh, I mean house. Yes. Last week. He's having half a house put on the side of his house. God. He's got a massive extension going on. And he showed me the shell of the uh, games room. It's massive. It's really good. Nice space. He reckons mm. without without cramming anything in, having loads of room, 22 machines going to have in there. Oh, that'd be good. He's going to have a little area in the corner, an L-shaped TV and, and some cocktail cabinets, he reckons. Well, he's not quite sure exactly what he's going to keep out of his 50 cabs he's got and what he's going to what we're going to get rid of but looks a really good good area really nice room have i have i met phil i'm not sure if i, I think have. you must have because we we was at the um steve's meet a while back i must have done then yeah, yeah i must have done yeah well i shall introduce you next time we're at an event together i'll know his face definitely I'll oh know. yeah yeah definitely we had jammy creams mm. and white chocolate cookies with our tea Oh, I've got some biscuit news later on. Oh, have you? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, other stuff I've been doing, I've been tinkering with Rich Gregory's pie images he sent me. Mm. And uh, it was all done in a track mode. I think some were half done already and he finished them off and some he's actually done from scratch himself. I've got a really faithful reproduction of the arcade SD board. You know the FPGA board you can get? I have played it, yes. The arcade SD is really good, but the thing is it's mm. quite an expensive PCB to buy. Mm. And I think you've got to buy the game separately because they're licensed. I think it's all above board, so they're actually licensed games, as, as far as I remember. But what he's done, he's done a repro of it, so you use your own ROMs with, and it looks exactly like it. It's got the same sounds in the background, same um, games on there, exactly the same games that have been released so far, wow. and all the images and everything. Really good. And then you, you change the, the layouts with a different, a different button, and he's got the 19 and one on there. He's reproduced the IK19 and one well, that's clever. And it's really, and obviously, because you're using emulation, you can change the emulation settings and all that sort of stuff. It actually runs better than a 19 in 1, because the 19 in 1, it's a horizontal board. The screens are really squashed. They're quite small inside your monitor. They, can, they never fill the screen. And I don't know why they did that, but they did something to the, the resolution of the games, and it's not quite right. I've got one, and is, did you give me it or lend me it? Because I was playing it, the other, I was trying Defender on it the other day. Yeah, oh, I, I've got one. Uh, I don't I know. It, I, I, I can't remember. Because <laughs> one of our listeners sent you a 16 one, didn't they? The 19 yeah. one. Oh, I might have done. I might have two. I can't remember. 
Yeah, but have you noticed the screen's very squashed? I didn't, to be honest, no. It's square rather than 4-3. It's more sort of 4-4, four, four, if you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah, it's very squashed. It's not good. But the sounds are better on the 19 and one than the 61. But this thing, absolutely perfect. Really, really good. Perfect. Perfect. But what I'm going to do is you can add and subtract games from these layouts and even reproduce them. So you can have more than one layout at a time and just flip between the two, three, four at a time. What I'm going to do is use the 19 and one layout and do an ultimate 19 and one with mm. games that are missing off there, which we sadly miss, like, I don't know, Bank Panic, uh, Green Bertie, Kung Fu Master. Yeah, all yeah. really good horizontal. Uh, I think Gradius is on there, but I think it's the Versus version. It's not. It's not brilliant anyway. But you can sort of put your own games on this. So I'm going to do a 19 and one, and I'll probably do a 60 and one as well. Because we talked a while back, didn't we? we had a little segment once where mm. if you were to do a 60 and one, what would you? What games would you put on it that are not on the 60 and one at the moment? So that'd mm. be quite interesting to do. I'll have my own sort of main games to play and use. Yeah, he's, he's clever as that chunks in guy, he's isn't he? Very, very good. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. So the sort of sixty-one uh, fantasy boards are going to be a real thing before long. A reality, and all a you need to do is change your SD card, don't you? Yes. Yeah, and you can put as many as you like in there. Because what mm. what I plan to do is get one working with some sort of interface for jammer machines. You can just swap them like a PCB. But yeah. I, haven't, I haven't worked that bit out yet because you've got to do some bits with. The HDMI to VGA and I think that's mm. the uh, technical terms for it. Yeah. <laughs> I also worked out why, sort of, my Time Pilot bootleg I got uh, as a load of buzzing on the cabinets. In it's really buzzy, and I thought, oh, the amp's gone, or the you know the sound chips going, or something. And I worked it out; it's something to do with audio grounding on that particular cabinet. So I was trying all sorts of things. I recapped the board on the sound se- uh, sound section. It's about four four caps to change. I did that. I put a heat sink on the actual amp because it's got one missing. And I screwed it down so it's, it's be a bit better in the future for it. And nothing was, was really helping it. And then I thought, oh, let me just try another cab a minute. Absolutely fine in another cab. And I tried mm. another Konami game that uses the same adapter, the Konami 36 adapter or the Konami Classic adapter. And I put scramble in there, and that was quite hissy with the sound. So it mm. must be something to do with the cab. Maybe the minus five volts or the grounding, or something to do with that with the speaker. I don't know, but I'll probably work it out. But yeah, sorted that out. I'll just put another cab. Do you want a real true life story about buzzing? Yeah, give me one about buzzing. Remember, you're editing this. Yes, we had. So you can edit buzz- it out. Yes, we had a buzzing sound in our boiler, right? And it went on for a while and then just stopped. And then a couple of weeks ago, well, maybe last week, we had the boiler serviced. There's a massive uh, bee in there! Yeah, the buzzing sound was an actual bee stuck in there. In a boiler? Yeah. How did it get in a boiler? I don't know. It must have gone through the thingy that's outside. I have don't you been know. pushing bees in your boiler again? <laughs> get in there, no. bee. Get in there, bee. Warm, warm me up some water. With its... Flappy wings. Wings. Flappy wings. We'll be talking about little flappy wings later. Oh my god, yes. Oi. Watch it. Mm. Oh, another bummer as well. Wife has run off with some geezer with a bow and arrow called Link. Oh my god. Yeah, well, seen it for a while. He is kind of attractive with his pointy ears, isn't he? Yeah. And his green tunic. Oh, but you can change tunics in this game. Can you? Yeah, you can get all. Th- oh. 
you know, you know, we don't like modern games because they're too complicated, too many buttons. Yeah. That's exactly what this game is, but I really like it. I got really miffed the other day because I couldn't do something. I sort of went right. I've had enough, and I just turned it off. But I went mm-hmm. back to it and gained a bit more, gained a bit more knowledge, did a few more little things. Love it again. It's really nice. Really enjoy it so far. But the only bad thing is, is you do need a lot of time to play it. Yes, yeah, and not- I haven't got that. So I'm just doing little bite-sized chunks and. It's going to take forever to complete, but I don't care. I'll just, just keep at it for a bit, and if I get bored of it, so what? Just enjoy the ride. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so that's how it is. Arcade news. Right, arcade news. First look at the design of the new Atari box. Contain your excitement, <laughs> Victor. <laughs> It'll be an Android box yeah the back of the atari box is all proper hdmi usb outputs and all sorts that's just just like you want a a retro gaming system to be isn't it having hdmi on it no you don't know what it's going to be good or wrong what they need is scar or av that's all they want Mm, not for new tellies do you i don't want a new i don't want a new i've had this on twitter before i do not want to play old games on a new tv well there might be new games no, redone no no not for <laughs> me I don't want it I don't want it I don't like it I don't want to know anything about it I've just turned into an old lady from Birmingham I don't want to know anything about it no I'm not <laughs> interested <laughs> keep have it away seen, I don't want to know <laughs> seen the wood grain design it, of it have you well yeah it looks really nice but I think yeah. someone someone on one of the social media things said oh it's going to be a really nice pie box so you yeah. rip all the guts out and put a pie in it yeah, that I think that's what everyone's doing. It, it will look nice, but I think with this spate of using Androids and ARM processors and all this sort of stuff for making retro things like the the NES Mini and the Super NES Mini is going to be, it's just going to be one of those. So, mm. meh, whatever, you know. We don't know. It'll have Atari games on it, but, you know, it depends because you, you can play all the NES and the SNES games on a Pi or anywhere else. And mm. it is really nice in that little unit, and it's a nice little thing to have. So maybe it'll be for the Atari fans. Mm. It does look it does look nice though. The the the, the design they've they've put out so far does look nice, and it is gaining interest obviously because it's, it's Atari. Well, mm. it's not really, is it? Some kind it's the of name, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. If it was Nolan Bushnell and some of the original people behind some of the original games were behind it, I would be mad for it. But it's never going to be, is it? No. no, well, we don't know. Actually, Nolan Bushnell wasn't at Atari for that long, was he? Really? No, he wasn't. He was more sort of the um, the early arcade sort of the Pong era, wasn't it? And then I think he was gone by the time the VCS came out in '77. Yeah, and he was some sort of consultancy format after yeah. that, weren't he? For a bit, and then finally, I think the mid '80s, he finally cut all his ties with it. So it's very yeah. interesting history, Atari. Oh yeah, so there's loads of books been written on that. I've got mm. a load of them as well. Good. We also know exclusively on the Atari box exactly what is going to be on the inside of the box. Yes. It was new to us. I, you know, we sort of emailed them and they... they Pins! Marshmallows! <laughs> and tiny frogs! Really? Mm, yeah, yeah. That's what I was told in that voice. I've <laughs> got some more news. Actually, mm-hmm. it's a link. This is fantastic. I know you've already been around Ollie's house. Ollie one's house is storage. Alex Nintendo Arcade Game Room Tour number eleven with Oliver Alpha One Moazzi 
and he's got such a massive amount of really rare, interesting games, and he's got some good stories behind the games. Check this out, ch- children. I was going to say kiddies and then children, and it would have said chiddies. Chiddies. Children. Children. (laughs) Children, yeah. It's brilliant. It's really good. It is a video of Alex's Arcade Games Room tours. Mm. I haven't watched this one yet because I haven't had a chance to have a bath to watch them yet, but I will. Maybe I'll do this on holiday. You haven't had a bath? For how long? I have showers. I have baths now and again when I relax and watch things on tube face and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, when I get round to uh, having an hour or so, probably a long one knowing all because he's got so many games and so many storage areas we put them in. So yeah, it'll be a long one. I think it's hour and a half. Yeah. Link in the show notes. Mm. Oh, more exclusive news. Go on. Sturm, you know the pinball people, yeah. have announced its next themed pinball. Yep. Coronation Street. No. Yeah. It comes in the three usual editions. The Pro is the Coronation Street Date with Bet Lynch. Yeah. The limited edition is Coronation Street Next Gen, Rover's Return. Yeah. And the top of the range Titan edition, it's limited to 68 machines, is entitled Ken and Deirdre Deathmatch. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, true. Blinking heck. Well, we'll look out for that. And we've got a link. Uh, Neil twenty to five sent us this, and also I think you've spotted it as well. Yeah, Chinese shopping mall introduces husband pods for wives to leave their husbands when they go shopping, or vice vice versa. Depends on who does the shopping. These are glass pods and have nineteen nineties retro games to play inside them. How yep. cool is that? And Mister Yang said he thinks the pods are really great. I've just played Tekken three and felt like I was back at school. Good old Mister Yang. But another. Chinese guy was saying they're a bit sweaty in there. There's no ventilation, so he was swe- yeah. getting his sweat on playing Street Fighter. I think so. A good idea, though. I mean, I get a bit bored shopping. If I could sit down and play a Saturn for a while or a Mega Drivers, I'd be happy with that. I wonder if Mister Yang's a, a sweaty sod. Might be. Mm. So there's a link for that as well on the BBC News blog. Oh, oh, more news, more true on, news. Mate. Right, Pac-Man has a new friend. Bin Man Flub Flub, new game coming out. Right. In this new non-jammer game, you have to eat old burritos scattered around and skanky London foxes chase you around the London tube system. Yes. Not available this side of the river, mate. Not this time of night. It requires a plum jam adapter. Uh, it's Midwai's new standard. Midwai? Midwai, yeah. Remember, remember Midwai? Kind of like Midway, but why? Yeah, for legal reasons. Oh. Uh. I have I've got a good link here. Young Lass Trounces Trapper. Oh, yes. Tapper, even. Uh, there's a, a girl gamer called Lauren Featherstone. Uh, she only played her first arcade game two years ago. And she now holds the world record for Tapper. And she beat the previous record on Tapper of 10.361 million by getting 14,600,000 points on Tapper. Whoa. Let's give her... Well done, Lauren. A massive resonant ping. Resonant ping. Oh, God, Tapper's a hard game. She's so good at that. I think she should play some other games, see what else she's good at. Absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. Well done. And we've got a link here. Sprite Box is a hacked arcade machine that will take literally anything as payment. I've just Biscuits? Found this... Anything. It's got a little coin door on the front. Yeah. Well, it's like a little hatch, and you put anything into it at all. There's yeah, some kind of... That sounds dubious already. 
a 3D printed token someone's, someone's putting in, in the f- photo. Right. And it just falls into some kind of box and there's like a, a laser beam that detects it's falling. Laser it you, beam? Yeah, and it gives you credit. Oh, nice. So you can put uh, a big wadge of fivers in there, a biscuit, yeah, dog poo, anything. It's completely pointless, but quite interesting. It's fun. On the, it says on the surface, Sprite Box looks like a regular cocktail-style cocktail arcade cabinet. Oh. There's, there's other things that it does. Oh, it's it's for, it's got special features for disabled people, which is nice. Oh, nice one. So it's more of a charity type thing, then, is it? I think so. I've not read oh, the cool. link. should really read the link before we talk about them. Yes, you should. Yes. Here's a good one. I'm going to give another plug to Arcade Tales. I interviewed the guy quite a while ago, Alan Meads. This is the cartoonist? Yeah. He's done one in Arcade Club. He's done about three, and now he's sort of... I think he's pushing it online as well as a printed edition. Cool. So he says, Do you love amusement arcades? Yes. Yes, please. We can say yes. Yes. Can you help write the people's history of the British Arcade. He's not interested in the American stories. There's so much of them. He wants it from a British perspective, and he's more interested in the experiences of people, of what they've done in the arcades, more than the actual high scores and the games themselves. Fegor, Fegor. It's very, very good. I love the art style as well. It's really nice. I'm not sure how he does it. I don't know if he takes a photo and then kind of cartoons it up. Don't know. Uh, And one last piece of... News. Yes. Uh, Mr. Tronads will be doing a 24 hour Dig Dug gameplay marathon where he'll be attempting to beat his all time record of 16,000 points. <laughs> go, Dave. All non existent proceeds of the event will go to Give a Chop Chip a Home biscuit charity. That's very good. Can I just say, listeners, that some of this, some of these articles in the arcade news may have been Donald Trump inspired fake news. They may have been. You're going to have to work out which ones. Yes. Yes. Because we have the best news. Yes. The very best news on we this do. channel. <laughs> Arcade pickups. Right, the first one I've got, I've not got many this week. They're quite poor, actually. But I have got some £4 Donkey Kong underpants from Asda. Yeah. Wife saw them in there and had to buy them for me. They're really cool. They do Pac-Man as well, apparently. That is a heavy pair of underpants. And some Mario ones, I think. Yes. Do you mean four four pound in weight or four, four quid? Or four four pound in money. Yes, that that would be right. concrete underpants of those. Mm. Uh, a new switch controller I mentioned earlier. Wife got the uh, the pro controller, which is very, very nice. Yes. It's it's just like any modern control. It's very similar to the Xbox three sixty one. Mm. Two analogues, loads of other buttons. Too many buttons, practically. No stick and no three buttons. I'm not happy with it. Oh, did I mention the wife run off with Link? <laughs> yeah, again, mm. poor, again. poor, uh, yeah. poor you. Yeah. Where is me? Where is me? <laughs> <laughs> I got some excellent white chocolate cranberry and pistachio cookies from listener Gordy Invader seventy one. I had a good chat with him and his partner. It was a very, very nice selection of biscuits. Actually, whoa, one whoa, type whoa, of whoa, biscuit. Hold yeah. the phone. Yeah, where, where are my my? My, my share of the biscuits. He may have kind of specifically kind of said sort of to me yeah. that I, sh- I should eat them all. You mean he actually said, make sure you give your absent friend some? He might have done. Hmm. I, f- I, I forgot because it was I'm going to slap that beard right off your chin when I see you next. <laughs> 
Kapow! Slap my beard up. Change Slap my beard up. And I also got a Spectral versus Generation PCB from oh, Bobby Iddard. That one, have you played it yet? No, I haven't yet because I've left it with James RGP twice. I've forgotten to pick it up twice. So, so I'm going to get it third time. I'm seeing him on Saturday. Okay, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Because that is going to be for a little charity thing we're going to do. And we're going to, have, we're going to duke it out and someone's going to win it. At the, yep. the arcade club meet in October. September, October, somewhere there. Or Bobby or, may have said that I could kind of maybe sort of keep it. Fake news. Yep. You wouldn't like it. It's a fighting game. I've seen pictures of it. I've not played it yet. No, I don't think I have actually either. Arcade Victorian insults. Pip, pip. Listen here, young podcastlings and ten pencers. Horatio and I don't normally do this kind of thing. Please come to our attention that an old married couple of feathered spinny tails have been caught with their talons in the wagon wheel jar. Yes, we're not one for bashing the institution of marriage, but my learned friend Heliotrope has come upon two fellows that need a Victorian tongue lashing. Uh, lash them we shall. The first cad of the highest order is a nincompoop named Robert of Idod. Yes. This tramp's elbow is a custard cream short of a decent shindig. A fledgling trouser weasel and a ballywick fudge guzzler. And I must interject with his air indoors. Gareth Jiminy, how's your Aris? What a quark snaffling bum fungler. I spied him the other day wearing his brother's Sunday hat. Whatever next? I'll tell you, Horatio. Biffington Idod has been known to bathe with a BBC B computer. A talcum powdered bee drowner. How would one clean one's penny whistle with that in the bath chamber? Nothingness, Heliotrope, nothingness. G.J. has been pulled by the local ombudsman for trafficking squirrel garments around the back of C.E.X. Harumph! <laughs> Listener feedback. Right, we missed this last time. Sorry, Richard Broadhurst. Loving the show. Enjoyed the vertical shooter tips and the ten pence orchestra. Some of the birds on the mothership on Phoenix ah! game. Are doubled up a total ah. of 16, which is why it takes you two. So they're on to top of each other. That Ow. would make sense, wouldn't it? Sort of. I never mm. realized how bad the shield was back in the day. It sounds like you guys really en- are really enjoying the show as much as we do listening. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, that would explain the two shots for them daft birds you got hit. Yeah, e. that's it's quite confusing to the player, though, isn't it? It is. It's probably another bug. Another, sorry, another feature. Another feature. Full of features, is that. So Chris CNP, just listened to episode 8 of Ten Pence Arcade, and Victor, band listener Sean Holly, for suggesting Megazone as Game of the Week. Yeah, you just keep coming back for more, haven't you, for the past three years? So I've been banned for three and a half years <laughs> yeah. from the podcast. I might let you in next time. God damn it. Funhouse. Just got back from a long weekend in Stockholm with two old mates in Miami. Went along to the rock bar and it was great. This is where the called Hey Stockholm Arcade is. Oh, is that what it's called? Wow. Yeah. It's called ROQ, isn't it? ROQ, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We liked it so much on Saturday night that we went back on the quieter Sunday. We played pool, shuffleboard, outrun two and some pinball. It was great fun and none of it was as expensive as some of the other places in Stockholm can be. I agree with Sean and Vic that it's well worth a trip if you're nearby. Definitely. Absolutely brilliant place to go to. Yep. Swiss Tony, superb podcast again. 
I'm a big fan of Commando, and it's definitely up there in my top 10 arcade games. Also love the Commodore 64 version, despite it not having all the levels of the arcade, but that was recently fixed in the new Commando Arcade SE version that was released last year. Sadly, didn't have time to submit a score. My personal best has been around this 85,000 point mark. Good to meet Victor at this year's NERG. The best retro event I've been to, and we'll be back again next year. Glad to hear Juno First is next month's game. And I've submitted a score this time, 571,390. That's a good score. A fantastic game, only I came across a few years ago, MAME. Strange that I never remember seeing this one back in the day. Of the Blackpool arcades, I guess it wasn't that popular. Mm. Mm. Mr. G.J. Harris, who has been recently insulted. It's about blinking time, he said. That game, Juno First, is just so good and it sounds sublime. It's one of those games when you walk into an arcade and hear it, you go straight to it. Once I have room and money, am I going to buy me one? I'm going to buy me one. Am I going to buy me one? It's Vertical Defender, just better. Absolutely. In in, in one sentence, Vertical Defender, but better. Mm. Uh, Mike Borsicott. Apologies if I got your name wrong. One of my favourites, Junior First. Glad to see people talking about it, still playing it currently. Yeah. Jimmy G, Pyrefactory Podcast. That young whippersnapper. Awesome game, Junior First. The Atari 2600 Homebrew is phenomenal as well. I haven't played that, but I will emulate it and have a look. I haven't. D-Type. Offering feedback on podcast number 44, Mr. Driller. An old one. Great podcast, guys. Due to a general life stuff at children, etc., my podcast consumption dropped significantly about a year ago, but it's now coming back up again. The 10p Arcade podcast is the only podcast I've ever come back to. Now I have two years' worth to catch up on. Nice to have you back on board with us. <laughs> Bjorn, who we met in Stockholm. Yes. A coffee shoe bun, you say? Yes, we do say. We're talking about coffee shoe buns. Ollie Longs, awesome. Thanks for playing the tack, guys. Glad you enjoyed the channel. Well, this is the guy who's the banjo guy who did our music for last time. Yeah. And we got another one of his tunes later on in the show. Great tunes. Mm, awesome, aren't they? Darren Domination, a big thanks for the shout-out, guys. I have to admit, I only discovered Bosconian about three years ago on one of those Namco plug-and-play joysticks. The shout-out is on about it is that arcade... Ports podcast he does with Tagster. Yes, good as well. Very good. I'd never heard of it prior to that. Now it's in my top 10 arcade games. I also got myself a Switch and I'm loving it. We need to get your friend code, Vic, so that we, we can versus each other. Cheers, guys. I think Vic's, Vic's code is H A R R U M P H. No, there's a few more R's in there. Harumph. I haven't been online. I've been online to, to buy some games and stuff, only a few, but I haven't played anything online i don't generally do the online thing but i'll have to look into that i think it's free until 2018 the online part of it right 20 past eight a few people have asked me about that yeah tronads yet more shenanigans afoot this time surprisingly not from victor but sean extending the deadline for just himself so he could beat my score shame on you holly (laughs) shame on you i agree with dave on this one I extended the Juno First podcast deadline, high score deadline, from 1pm Sunday to 5pm Sunday so I could carry on playing it because I hadn't played it a lot. And I'm glad I did. I'm still playing it now, actually. That's because us hard-working podcasting types don't have time for such folly. No. We're too busy building podcasts and writing nonsense. <laughs> but we've, we've next got two pictures which we put on the site from Mr. Tagster, and they are fantastic. You know that expression, lol? laugh yeah. out loud i hate that because 
when people write that down, they're not walking down the street and just suddenly go, ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Yeah. But when I saw this, I saw it first, and I thought, oh, yeah, jam, you know, it's a picture of him looking confused, some pots of jam, with a podcast in the background, and he's got sort of a hang-on marquee. So he's obviously yeah. pretending to do some, some wires. And I looked at that earlier, and then when I was in town, I was in a coffee shop, and I got my phone out to look at something, and I noticed he had a shoe bun on the side, and I did actually laugh out loudly. And wife said, what are you looking at? What are you laughing at? He's got a shoe with a, a coffee cup in it, like a, a paper coffee cup, and then just a bun on top. That's the coffee, coffee shoe, shoe bun. bun. That is absolutely genius. I really enjoyed that. It's been 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 fixing the jam harness on my hang on thanks to Sean Holly Ten Pence Arcade useful tech tips. That's why he's looking confused. So he's got a jammer harness in his hand with marmalade, and he's, he's got strawberry jam sitting on top of a hang on marquee. That's excellent. And a coffee shoe bun in the background in case he gets peckish. And then he's just sent one a few hours ago because it's Tears of Opa Opa, the game that we're playing Fancy yes. Zone Two. He's put his, his picture of him been crying, and he's put so many tears. The tissues are out for Opa Hopa. And he's got a tiny little he's got a tiny little sort of um statue of the game avatar as well. Yeah. Which is really cute. Tears of the cheeky dingo because he can't get a better score. Aww. Thanks to them, Tags, so they are brilliant. They are very keep them coming, mate. That really did make me make me laugh. <laughs> <It tickled> me. <laughs> so Adam Ross, who is Vader GP G B. Decent podcast. Two podcasts in. You and Sean seem to be the Morecambe and Wise of the UK arcade scene. Hey! hey! <laughs> Thank you. That's all I can well. say to that. Mm. We've had that before. Someone else has said that. Basically, they just reckon we're idiots. Or the little and large. Uh, no, they just weren't funny, were they? The cannon and ball. Oh, God. Rock on, Tommy. Uh. <laughs> if anyone from Foreign Climbs is listening to this, they were rubbish... 80s comedy acts. They weren't rubbish. They're still going in Blackpool, you know. Oh, how... That's because Blackpool is in 1978 still. No, it's not. It's... um, I don't know if they are or not, but yeah. I think they are, you know. Mm. We've had some feedback from Russ J. He says, I'll have you a two-player game on Juno first when I next see you at arcade clubs. We're playing it in there, weren't we? Mm -hmm. P.S. When's Robotron or Defender going to be the game of choice, mate? Never. It's, it's hard to emulate them, isn't it? And people won't be able to play them at home. Yeah, it's difficult because Defender's got a, a odd control scheme, obviously, and Robotron's two joysticks, and not a lot of people have two joysticks at home. Or even mm-hmm. if someone's got a cabinet, they might only have a one-player control system. So that'd be a difficult one, really, I think. And he'll thrash everybody on him. That's what he's saying. He won't be allowed. He'll be banned, that, 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 that podcast, because he can get 28 billion points on both those games. He can play Robotron for 12 hours, can't he? That's just insane. Toby Nanakorn has said he's found a game place called the Pinball Parlour that hires out pinball machines, and he asked if he'd ever heard of it before. Yeah. I had a look into it, and it's it's all pinball games. I don't think there's any arcade machines. There's some rarities as well and some old 70s stuff. Yeah. But it's based in the Dreamland Margate. Okay. It's that big kind of retro arcade that I nearly got to go in a couple of years ago but I got there too late and it was closed I've been there before it's like a more of a museum type place of old mm-hmm. games yeah yeah we'll have to check that out when we, I do eventually get back down there yeah I wanted to sort of do a little I want to go to I think it's uh, ooh South End mm-hmm. because Ali the retro hunter shops there and I want to check his shop out yeah, and there is there is bits and bobs of arcades down that we can have a look at as well. Maybe we'll do a little tour one day when we're free. 
Is that there's Happy Drome? Is it is in Southend? Is I it? I think so. I've been to I've been to one of them. We did a little tour maybe two years ago. Went all on the sort of south coast, the southeast coast, and there is a few arcades around and stuff. Yeah, I could do that one day. Fair nice. He is Jimmy. Hey, Sean and Victor. Not enough feedback for a while. I must make amends. Great to catch up at Nerg. Really great weekend and seriously good curry. Still loving the podcast. Just when I thought the 10-pence orchestra couldn't be topped, up pops a bloke with a banjo. <laughs> I feel a collaboration with Jarvis Mocker coming on. And thanks for the latest tech tip, Sean. Quite a revelation to find out that not all jams are created equal. Mm. Can I make a request for a tech tip section on candy cabs next time around? You can make a request. Candy cabs? Yes. Cabs made of... No. Don't start him off. Uh, Keep up the podding. It's really appreciated. Now, why do I have the urge to half-inch some rolled oats and jumbo oat biscuits and send them all to you? I think you should. <laughs> right. We have some feedback from Alex Nintendo Arcade. Great. Uh, glad to see you finally get into Juno first, Sean. Classic game with good fast action shooting and a risk-reward element for rescuing the spacemen for a bonus. One of the best arcade games of all time, in my opinion. I am getting there. I am thinking that more and more. I still can't stop playing it. Good game. Time, time for a vote on the top 50 arcade games, I think. Right. Alex has a massive point there. Not saying Alex has got a massive point. Ooh, <laughs> that's dangerous yeah. waters, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, some of our friends on the other podcasts have done top 10s, top 20s, top 50s of all-time games, SNES games, Mega Drive games, whatever you want to call it. And no one's really done an arcade one. So mm. what we're going to do in the future, not the next show or the next show even after that, we're going to collate a load of these together. We're going to ask our podcasting friends, arcade friends, game-playing friends, mums, dads, uncles, sons, rabbits, horses, dogs, whatever, what their favourite arcade games are and a little bit of history of why they like them. And we're going to get audio submissions, email submissions. We get to talk to people, maybe some guests on to do a little spot. We're going to do a big thing of this and make a long podcast of the top 50 games. No particular order because we're not like that. There's never a best game or a worst game. But there are some really, really good games, and we want to get 50 of them together for people to talk about. Yeah, this is kind of inspired by the Maximum Power Up have done their top 50 games. They did, yeah. And I don't think there was many arcade games in there as such. I don't think there was any. Really? Well, it needs to be done then, doesn't it? And we're the cats to do it. Yeah, I think it's because they're, they've got a modern audience because they do modern and retro, and a slightly younger audience, I would say, than yeah. us. So there was, there was only a few 8-bit games in at all. It was sort really? of 16-bit onwards, yeah. Okay, so that's our work cut out for us then, isn't it? Yeah, so it, we, that's ongoing. We're going to have a right good look into that, aren't we, Victor? We are indeed. I'm looking forward to that yes. one. It'll be a lot of work, but I think it'll be worth it. Mm. Uh, last one, Bods. Superb one, do you know, first. I'd never heard or played before MAME. Classic sounds. Mm. Shout out. Right, the First of my two shout-outs are Phil Murray, as usual, helping along, helping me along my Phoenix High School kit. He's got my Phoenix board now, and hopefully he's going to get it working on there, the, the high school kit. And I gave him my old Pong Cube. He's going to look after it for me. It's a new home it's going to. Uh, and his mystery project, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, know what I mean, know what I mean, is yeah. coming along well. He showed me some parts of it. Oh. Can't talk about it just yet. 
I see you've spelt cube. Q-U-B-E. Is that copyright you? Yes. It's good, that. It's on the it's on the back of the machine. I've made a little plaque for it. Made in Hong Kong. Did you? <laughs> yeah. You've not seen it? I remember you showing it me a couple of years ago, working. Yeah, it still works. I tried it out the, night, the day before I went down to see him on the Saturday morning. And it was still working fine. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, it's still, something I made still works. Brilliant. So he's going to put it pride of place in his new games room and it's all built, hopefully. Very nice. The second one of my shout-outs is to Rich Gregors, a.k.a. Chunks in Space, uh, for more pie tinkerings. He's always helped me out with the pie. He's absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much, Rich. And look forward to the next bit you make. He could really do something with that. Oh. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, it's really, really good. I'm not sure it's been released or not yet, but I don't know. I've got it and it's ace. Charlie Farr's wife and son, this is my shout out, have made him go on a two week holiday to Kefalonia. Can you just not spell California? No, it is Kefalonia. Where's Kefalonia? It's an island just off Greece. Oh, nice. I've never heard of it before. You never heard of Kefalonia? I I thought you were just talking like a child trying to say California. Can we go to Catalonia, please? And see Mickey Mouse. It's that my mum, she goes quite often, she calls it Keffy. Oh, okay. Fair That's enough. Keffy, because there's a lovely little bar and they have sort of a, a dinner on the beach and the, the waves are coming right up into the prawn cocktail. Did I do not a wave in your prawn cocktail? You do not. Anyway, as far as we know, there isn't a single arcade machine on the <gasps> island of Catalonia. The poor boy. So. Charlie Farr, I'm honestly not sure how he's going to cope. Our thoughts are with him at this testing time. And someone else might win the challenge this week. Yes, because hey. he's, he's not there now. He was, I met him at Blackpool last week. Cool. Talking of Blackpool, everyone I met at play Blackpool, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Shout-outs to the replay team, the RGDS guys that I met. Not all of them, because there's 97 of them, but I think I met three or four. The Maximum Power-Up guys, the Retro Hour guys had a good chat with, Games You Loved guys, the listeners and the Twitterers. We had such a happy family gathering Vic it well lovely it well lovely do you know what um do you know what a, a gathering of twitter users are called is it a swear word Tw- no i can't say it mm. right Tw- Tw- twits that's it twerps congrats to ross ross for getting married oh nice one yeah. well done and still having a tiny bit of time to play our featured game little ping for being married don't know he's managed that he can't he's got things to do yeah, your wife is like, are you coming to bed, love? Is it? Like, no, I'm just trying to get a high score on Fantasy Zone 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was. No. Tech Tips. Nope. Top 100 arcade games. So tell me another five of your top 100 games, Sean, and tell me a little bit about at least one of them. You're not going to like a couple of these. No, I'll be all right. They're not mine to like. They're your like old son. Okay, five games. And I will not allow you to like them. <laughs> I will. Halley's Comet. Yeah, we did that one a while back, didn't we? That was one you, you put forward. Yeah. Was it one of your picks a long time ago? Yeah, it was based on nostalgia, and it's it's a one... I'll talk about this one, actually. It's uh, it's like Gradius. It's a one-life game. You lose your life. You power up to like... I... I really enjoyed it when I was a lad because the massive amount of bullets you could get. Yeah, you're bullet mad. But you die and you're down to a slower shit with a single shot of fire. So it's, it's a one 
life game almost, but I yeah. did really enjoy it. So, I, I, I yeah, I'd say it's in my top hundred definitely. Mm. These are the top hundred games we'll have listeners, by the way, for forever and ever, and we'll never get rid of them, and we love them. Well, these these hundred are probably going to go on one of my emulation setups with a, with a nice mm. front end on, because these are the games I will go back to again and again. And I've got four more. Mm-hmm. and Calm. Why? Oh, really? Why do I keep playing this? I can't uh, help myself. We hated it when we did it. it. It was just annoying, and I still keep playing. Why? It, it's that game where it's a sort of maze game, a shooting maze game where you've only got to, you can only shoot left and right. So if an mm. enemy gets you in a in a vertical column, you're knackered. You can't shoot up or down at it, and it's a really frustrating game. If you could shoot four directions, or you could just shoot, you know, in the direction you're you're going, it'd be a, not a bad game. But it was just so frustrating you couldn't shoot up and down. Weird game. It's in arcade club, and I still. Keep going to it. I think I had a version of it on the Vic Twenty a long, 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 long time ago. But mm. back then, you had to sort of take the games you were given because there wasn't many around. Mm. Oh, awful game. My last three are also games we've covered on the podcast. Jungler, I've got you to thank for that. That is really good. Great little game we used to play as a kid. Not many people used to play that one. I didn't. I've never sort of heard of it. Pandora's Palace, a platform game I like. Really enjoy that. That's a game I didn't like at the start. And me and wife got playing it, mm. and we really enjoyed it. And we got really competitive. And I could thank you for letting me show, show me that one. I had a quick go of it the other day when I was setting up one of my pies. I had my favourite games on there, all the ten pence experience games, which is all the ones we've covered. I had a quick blast of it, and I couldn't remember because that's a game where you sort of got to learn the rules and learn how to get the bonuses and, and jump on the bad guys and all this sort of stuff, and you get extra yeah. points. And I was trying to remember, and I was just useless at it again. So I'd have to sort of play it for a few hours to get into it again, I think. Mm. Great game, though. Really good. And the last one is Thundercross, which you did a while ago. A great little horizontal shooter that I really enjoyed. Hmm. Can't remember that one. Did I send you that game? Thundercross? Or was it Gunbird, wasn't it, I sent you? And I sold it to Ross afterwards. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't remember Thundercross. Well, my five. Ah, the mm-hmm. first one is another 10 pence experience one. It's Circus Charlie. When I first played it, absolutely hated it. Really didn't like mm-hmm. it. Couldn't be bothered with it. And that weekend, or the weekend before we did the podcast, Vip and Mrs. Vip Kerry came round and they stayed with us. And he said, oh, what game are we playing for the podcast? So I showed him and we started playing and he beat my score. I went, hold on a minute, I'm not having that. <laughs> so we started playing it and we got quite friendly competitive with it and I really enjoyed it. And when I started to learn how to play the game and got good at it and learnt the secrets in that game, I really enjoyed it. Circus Charles, as it's now known, and there's one level I can't do. I still can't do that flipping trampoline level, the one you're good at. Oh, yeah. That's the one I cannot do. But yeah, I really enjoyed Circus Charlie. Uh, Uncle Pooh. Yes, it's, Uncle it Pooh's sounds great. Like, it sounds like a, an April Fool's joke, doesn't it? Mm. And it sounds like we're, we're taking the mick. But there is a game called Uncle Pooh. We covered it, where you have to poop on enemies, and you're a little old man running around a cavern with some water following you. And you've got to find... Jewels. <laughs> it sounds like I just made it up off the top of my head, but no, it's an actual game. It's really good by a company called Diatech. Really mm. enjoyed that one. Uh, Volfide. Boo! <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, Volfide is like a sort of uh, future version of Kicks by the same company, by Taito. I really enjoy Volfide. It's one of the first 
Oh, I think I played it on a, a PC version of it, and it's one of the first games I played on emulation, I think. I can't remember. That. No, it was probably before that. But I played the PC version. I really enjoyed it. I thought, what is this game? I've never seen it before. And then I realised it's an arcade one. Never saw it in the arcade, though. But I have two PCBs of Vault Fide. And one of them, the sound's gone. Let's have a fix that. Uh, Tasmania. Another one we did on the podcast. This was one in my local chip shop as a kiddie. And I really enjoyed playing it. It's just a mad little fast game. You've got a weird little character with big feet you control. And you've got to shoot these wacky enemies that come at you. Different enemies like eyeballs and these other weird things. And you've got to shoot these little mushrooms. It's a really weird game when the, the walls are closing on you. But it's a really fun little game. Real fast little shooter. Single screen shooter by Stern. Mm, you, did, you played it, didn't you? You and Alex, I think, played it. I think it wasn't me and Alex. When, yeah, it was an early one. Mm. Uh, and Zookeeper, which was our second podcast one. Uh, I hated Zookeeper. Absolutely hated it. And got on the full 10 pence effect with it. Started playing it. Really enjoyed it. Loved everything about it. But I played it the other day again when I was messing around with the pie on my actual arcade cabinet and I was testing it on there. And I thought, oh, I've quick go with Zookeeper. And the sounds on Zookeeper are really good. Really sort of 8-bit, mm. sort of sort of Yamaha-type sounds. Really, really good. And I was playing it, and it still frustrates me trying to get to the, to the top, to the girl, and the monkey's throwing the cro- coconuts at you. It's so frustrating, and stupid coconuts hit you. They sort, of, they sort of bounce around slowly, and they're really easy to hit, even though they're slow, and I'm not that good at it. But the actual jumping over the animals is great. Really enjoy Zookeeper. I played it properly for the first time last weekend at Blackpool because James has got a PCB of it. Yes. And he really likes it. He's got it actually in, well, he had it for a while in his office where he does all his work in his, at his unit. His there's only, work. There's only, there's only one cab in there and it had Zookeeper in for quite a while. Yes, yeah, such and a it, good little game. Yeah, it is good. I like the way you can change direction mid-jump. Yeah, when you when you get into the game at the later levels, the scores really ramp up because you can start jumping over loads and you get like you can get like two million points for one jump. If you can jump over a ton of uh, animals at one time, you get a, a massive bonuses for them. Yeah, like huge <laughs> bonuses. And at the end, you get the net, scoop them all up back into the middle, and then when the level ends, you then get massive bonuses for the amount of animals you've got in the pen. So some good little tactics to the game, but it's really good game, really interesting. Mm, excellent. Mm, I need to do some more. Actually, I think I've run out. Oh, I've got one more line of five to talk about. Then I've got to fill the rest of my column in. Let's see. We're up to ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty. We've done fifty up to now. Really, there's another fifty to go. I t- I'm so sort of fickle. By the time I get to hundred, I'll be changing it. <laughs> I'll be changing. Yeah, it all. but I think these games stick. They really are yeah. stickers. These ones. Yeah. So. Now, we talked about banjos earlier, we have some more banjo arcade music for you. And this one, this time, is the Golden Axe theme.
lovely tune that guy's channel is great really enjoy it i was listening to some mega man music earlier on oh cool not arcade mm. theme but still good music yeah really good those games are so difficult yeah featured game review the time has come sean mm. for featured game review Mm. And I will take the helm on this. It was my mm. game. Now, this game was picked up desperation because I've run out of time before we did the podcast. I thought, oh, just do this. I should have chose Pleiades or something. And we'll probably do that the next time. But I chose this. I've played Fantasy Zone before. I thought Fantasy Zone 2 is going to be better because it's a slightly newer version. So, it's Fantasy Zone 2, The Tears of Opa Opa, otherwise known as... Oprah Winfrey. No. Fantasy Zone Su. Opa Opa no Namida in Japanese. In terrible Japanese. This is Sega 1988 on System E hardware, which is non identical to Master System hardware, of which this game is ported from. It's reminiscent of Master System games with its hugely colourful sprites and backgrounds. The hardware is Z80B based at 8 MHz. Yeah, we had a few people saying that they couldn't get it working on Raspberry Pi. Sorry, listeners, we didn't know how many people played on the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, I thought most people played on main PCs, these games. Yeah. Or on uh, stuff like the the original Xbox on... Coin-Ops. Coin-Ops, yeah, on Coin-Ops. Apparently, a lot of people were using Pis, and it won't work on the main emulators on Pis. I think Rich Chunksin's got it working, because he's yeah. really clever. Yes, he got it working on a version of MAME called LR MAME 2010 on the Raspberry Pi. Okay. I think it takes a bit of fiddling, but I only yeah. just found this out because I've been I've missed a load of tweets because I've been blackballing. But this this was about a week ago that he's actually discovered this that it you can get it working, but you've got to grab a specific ROM and oh, right, okay. ch- uh, change the default. Retro Pie Mame course. It's a bit of messing around for one game. You know who wouldn't like that? Who? Mr. Troll Nads. He wouldn't like it. He'd smell a rat. What does he like? Not a lot. Trolling. Trolling, yeah. Why are you so trolly? No, Troll Nads, why are you so trolly? Office trolley. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's been a bit of a problem. Sorry about the people with pies. We didn't know. It's a mm. sort of, not an obscure game, but not a common one, is it? So, mm. didn't think about that. So, it's an HSEU, using one of Sean's anacronyms, horizontal shoot-em-up, and often known as a cute-em-up because of the colourful graphics and cutesy enemies and characters. Now, you play a small, colourful, cute spaceship, which is supposed to be sentient. He does have little short legs when you land at the bottom of the screen, he runs around with his little feet. And the game does have a bit of a plot, too. This is obviously the sequel to Fantasy Zone, also on Master System. Apparently, the big end-of-level boss in the original game is actually your father. Father! The game takes place ten years after the first battle, and the Nenon forces, the baddies, are at it again. And you must thwart their evil plans. Thwart, Sean. Thwart. Thwart them to death. At the end of this game, Fantasy Zone 2, Opa Opa duffs up the end-game boss, who is an identical copy of yourself. After you put a bunch of bullets in his face... The old man rocks up, who's a massive version of you, and the sight of him brings you to tears, hence the stupid name of the game. The <laughs> evil you, you know now nicks off. It is later revealed that his twin is a physical manifestation of Opa Opa's evilness. How corny is that? 
Tony. Reunited with his father, I take it you didn't actually finish Daddy off in the first game. Opa Opa is able to purge this darkness from himself and meh, 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 meh. Nonsense. Mm. Meh. It's a really colourful horizontal shooter, a wee bit like Defender, where you can scroll to the left and the right. You have a shoot button, also a bomb button. Movement is via joystick in eight directions, as per usual. You need to shoot anything that moves and take out the floating bases with a number of shots. When they go down, money flies out of them in the form of notes or coins. They don't last long once they hit the floor, so vacuum them up by flying over them. You can now visit the shop when you see it to buy up valuable power-ups for your Mr. Spaceship. The ship power-ups, speed-ups, etc. last as long as you stay alive, but the bomb and shoot power-ups are time-based. There are waves of smaller aliens that come at you as well as stuff that comes from the bottom of the spaceships. Turtles and all sorts of garish weirdos are out to get you. When you take out a base ship, it leaves behind a warp gate. Go through this to get to the other two areas where the bad guy targets are. When you've taken them all out, you'll be able to enter the red warp, which takes you to the end of level boss. You have a life meter too, which counts them from 90 to 0. I presume this is a timer of sorts. I don't know how it happens if it runs out. When Mm. you do a level, you get money and point bonuses. Points are worked out for how many life points you have left. On each level, there are a number of warps, and a red meter at the top of the screen shows how many bosses you've destroyed in each of the warp areas. Now, level one is the only one with an amusing name. This is Pastaria. Mm-hmm. I like pastas and pasties. <laughs> really <laughs> colourful rainbows flying out of clouds in the background. Psychedelic plants and flowers everywhere else. Smash up the tubby red bases, then fly through the red warp gates to the first boss. This is Mr. Baddie Tree. You've got to fly through a load of logs, being careful not to fly into it or get hit by any. Immediate death. Yes. Shoot old tree stumps in the face a bunch of times, and he's firewood. He explodes, not surprising, into a shower of cash and point bonuses for you. Um, really simple, just these loads of logs flying through the screen. You can sort of dodge your way through them, keep shooting, and the guy will go down. It's that simple. The boss levels are incredibly simple on these games. Just ridiculously mm. so. Level 2, Sarkand. No funny name for that one. Meh. This is a pink underwater scene where the baddie base has been chunky red crabby type things. Now in the first level, nothing fires at you. They just fly around trying to hit you. And you have to avoid them. This time, enemies actually shoot at you as well. The boss is Mr. Moustache Lego Man. He's a mm. weird segmented guy chucking hammers at you. Hammers, Sean. Chucking hammers at you. <laughs> yes. You shoot his segments off from the bottom, dropping him down a level, and then shoot him right in face. Right in face. Easy. That one's a piece of pie as well. Yes. Level three is Hayarika. An icy level with pulsating yellow blobby things for bases. Loads of ice flows and cold stuff in the background. Same as level two, really. Some enemies fly past and chuck a load of projectiles at you. These are the little guys with big noses normally. But what Mm. you can do is just scroll them off the screen. It's that simple to avoid them. But they're quite quick. The boss is just an eyeball and a big floaty cube of ice. He just fires a single blue boulder at you one at a, sc- a time on screen. No thought was put into this boss. It's just a square with a round bit in it. Poor. Mm. Very poor. Like a jammy dodger. Not even that good, mate. Honestly, okay. it's just really poor. Uh, hit him a load of times and avoid stuff he throws at you and his ice box shatters and you get a ton of money again. Right. Bish bosh. Level four. Bobo. A fiery level this time. Loads of volcanoes and fiery shears in the backgrounds. The bases are round yellow things with blue tentacles. The boss must be the first boss from Space Harrier. He looks at his ugly green dragon thingy. I think 
this fantasy zone is Sega's made up world because Space Harrier takes place in the fantasy zone, doesn't it? Welcome to the fantasy zone. Get ready. Yeah, so I think it's something to do with that. So you've got this dragon. It looks just like the dragon on the first level of Space Harrier. That's easy. Hit it a few times, gone. More money flies out, blah, blah, blah. Level five, chap run. A chap running. Different scenes for the different warps on this level. So the first warp of this level is underwater again, where the base is in fat lads on the bottom of the ocean. At the bottom of the screen, firing things out the top of their heads. They're all at the bottom. All previous levels had the bases floating and stuff coming out the bottom of them. The next warp just looks like the first level on Sonic, another Sega mm. game, Green Hill Zone, with the base at the very top this time, lobbing stuff from underneath. Another warp takes you to a load of water islands in the background. Enemies are sig- significantly faster now. There's another warp. This is the fourth one. Water lilies and fountains. Because there's five bosses on each warp, so that's 20 bosses, 20 bases Sorry, at the moment. Water mm. lilies and fountains. Now, the boss on this level, I don't get this one. It's just a turquoise background with an odd robot head that comes in, sort of pulsates in, expands up to quite a big head, and goes out, shrinks out again. And that's all it does. It doesn't fire at you or anything. It just comes on the screen. You shoot it, and it disappears, and it comes in a different place. And I think the only way it can kill you is coming up underneath you, and it's it starts off small and goes quite big. It's just really ridiculous. It doesn't even fire. Why? Why? I never saw that this time. I watched a video of it. I didn't go that far myself. But there's no thought been put into these bosses. What They're just really rubbish bosses. Not good at all. Because the actual game, you know, I don't. it's, it's all right. But the bosses just really let it down. Mm-hmm. So level six, Fuarik. A pastely coloured le- uh, cloud level. Orange-blue banded bases, loads of fast enemies, clouds and mountain warp, more cloudy warps, lightning cloud warp, pink sweetie warp. Uh, bearing in mind, each warp has five bases to kill. This level, you need to get five warp levels. That's 25 bases to get to the boss. Wow. Uh, another uninspired lack of effort here. A segmented thing like an old moustache from earlier. Remember that one on level two? Yes. It looks like a stack of burgers. They float from left to right and don't even fire at you. They just sort of come in and out. You just got to get out of the way of it. Go up or down, and just keep firing at it. It's that simple. It's just like a the actual middle part of the game is a lot harder than the boss levels, which is not the way things should happen. Yeah, you have to shoot the bases a hell of a lot, don't you? Yeah, you got hit. If you hit them with the bombs, it's quicker because the bombs are more powerful. And I think you have to shoot them more on later levels. It's like nine shots on the first level. I think it goes up. But I only got to level three. That's all the patience I had with it. Yeah, I only got to level three as well. So level seven, Spardian. The levels are getting really hard now, from what I saw. This is an outdoor scene where the rocks in the background are now limiting your movement around the screen. They actually get in the way. So bases are tentacled octopuses, and the other firing enemies are really quick. Warp takes you to a trippy space out of a craggy rock-filled seaside, a cactus desert, a weird pink funnel level, and onto another single-coloured screen with a boss that is a metal pipe with a rotating face. (laughs) I'm not joking, it's a pipe with a rotating face. Wow. What is it with Sega and crap bosses? Mm. Was it Alien Syndrome that had the really boring bosses? The boss at the end, he wasn't that good, was he? He was a big head. Yeah, it's rubbish. So... This level is mainly done by picking up the correct weapons on this one. So the seven-way shot is a good one to use, but it runs out, as we said earlier. And staying at the top of the screen and just using your bombs. It's that easy. So level eight, Wolfin. You now have 
a massive boss rush where you get all the bosses in order from one to seven again. Yawn. Especially the robot face. It really, it really bothers me. The robot face. It's just so uninspired. <laughs> it doesn't even attack you. So you do get to go to the shop before you do this level, so you can power up a load of weapons. And you know, if you've lost a, a power up or whatever, you can go and get it back. Because by this time, you should have loads and loads of cash, zillions of cash, even. So mm. you can go and buy some stuff, and you can also buy extra lives for yourself, which is yeah. unheard of, really. In games, it's all like an RPG element, almost, isn't it? With a shop. Mm. Very similar to some of the Wonder Boy games when you can buy stuff. Yes, yeah. Ah, another Sega game. So, yeah. The final boss starts off by sending Snake from the old Nokia mobile phone game to attack you. It's just a, a wiggly snake coming at you. He <laughs> hasn't even got any features, the snake. It looks just like the one from a Nokia game. A f- one coloured snake, that's it. Like a sort of long noodle thing that comes at you. It's really rubbish. So you shoot him a few times to stop him, and then you're faced with yourself <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. a few hits and you both fly off to see your dad he's a massive massive opa opa he's about 10 times bigger than you huge and I'm not even sure if anything happens really and what you do when you see your dad you cry onto the other ship that looks like you you cry tears of boredom onto him from the bosses <laughs> I'm sure I saw this on YouTube and didn't dream it Maybe. If anyone knows any difference, please write in. So, the story at the end of the game, I've got it here. It says, With the riddle of who is the enemy's mastermind further deepening, the war comes to an end. Peace will once again be restored to the fantasy zone. Space year, June the 29th, day before my birthday, mm-hmm. 6226. And then it's got another thing with a little Oprah Oprah with a question mark above him. Who was the mastermind leading the enemy forces that so closely physically resembled Oprah Oprah? and fought with the same functional weapon. It was, in reality, Opa Opa's other self. Oh, my word. Due to the emotional stress brought about as a result of a war during his childhood, he developed a dual personality of virtue and vice, unknown even to himself. Oof. Only his father was aware of this fact. Splitting into two separate beings, he became an addition to his role as the hero, the enemy's mastermind. Thus, because of the paternal bond existing between them, his father had no alternative but to assume the role of their leader. Now, as a result of Opa Opa's courageous victory, the evil being that dwelled in him has been destroyed. Yay! Destroy, Ed. Deeply moved, Opa Opa can no longer contain his tears, which, as they fall, signify his return to the sole path of righteousness. Opa Opa vows that it will never, again, will war occur. He needs to go on some kind of... What a load of... The end. Yes, thank God. (sighs) Right. So, some play tips and secrets to this game. First thing, No, no, no. I like like the game, right? Yeah. (laughs) But loads of our Twitter people and our friends have moaned about it being... You move very slowly and the enemies move quite quickly. First thing you do, right, shoot a few of the bases. Get, I think it's only like... 100 coins go in the find the sh- the shop as soon as possible go in there and get some big wings for your ship it makes you a lot faster and mm. the game's fine it's it people moan about this but it's exactly the same as gradius and those mm. other traditional horizontal shooters where you start off quite slowly you hit a few enemies get a power up immediately press the power up button get a speed up and you're back mm. to normal so you know, it's it's not that bad a game if you just get a speed up for it. And later on, you can actually buy 
instead of buying wings for your ship, which you've got these little tiddly wings, you buy some big wings and you go faster, you can actually buy motors for your ship. You can buy engines, engines yeah. yeah. The other one to get is is double bombs. They do good damage because the bombs do more damage than your shots anyway. When two of them at a time, double bubble. Mm. Uh, avoid swarms of enemies than trying to get them all. But when you do get them, coins fly out of them, but you do get a lot of money out of the bases, so it's easy to just get all your cash from the bases to buy things. Get the large coins and notes for maximum cash rewards. Uh, other than that, the, the other tip, I, I played it the other night for a little while to get a score, and one thing I did notice is when, on level 2 and onwards, you get a swarm of the little big nose guys come on the screen, and they're the ones that fire at you a lot. So mm. when you see them on the screen, you just turn the other way and scroll them off the screen, and when you come back, they're gone. So it's that easy to avoid shooting. You mostly get hit by things flying at you. Yeah. Or you sort of, you know, you'll, you'll crash into something by accident if you're trying to shoot a base. Because you get very close to the base to shoot them quickly. And if you just go a bit too far, you hit them and die. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the only sort of play sequence, really. It's just sort of shoot all the things, go to the warps, find the shop as soon as possible, get the big wings. Uh, and that's all you need, really. And when you die, just find the shop again by going for a few warps, get the big wings straight away. Get lost. Mm. Well, you can, there's only three. Well, there are some more levels later on, but it's not that difficult a game, I don't think. It's, I was doing quite well at it, and I got frustrated with the silly deaths I was doing for my own inadequacies. Mm. But yeah, not too bad. Graphics and sound, ridiculously colourful game, isn't it? It is. Really silly. Uh, well-drawn 8-bit sprites. Uh, it looks like an explosion in a paint factory. Apart from... Which is really weird. The boss levels, which are completely the opposite. All the boss levels have got a very plain background. No no wallpaper or such. Or no desktop wallpaper backgrounds. Just a plain colour. Like a really drab colour. And the bosses are just really, really dull things, as we spoke about. And the bosses are really easy compared to the rest of the game, I thought. Really stupidly easy. I did the first two or three... And I watched a video of someone completing the game, and the bosses don't get harder at all. They're really and, and doing them one after the other doesn't seem that difficult to do either. To be honest with you, it seems quite simple. Mm. So yeah, but the, the speed of the, some of the the baddies on the levels does you have to have the big wings, otherwise you'll be in trouble. Same as Gradius. Yeah. When you lose Gradius, you know the game's almost over. Yeah, well, I've put. I do not like the look of the game. It looks like a Master System game, obviously, because it is really. Yep. I don't. I can't take the garish graphical style at all. I like it. I really like it. Sound is okay at best. I've put. So, do you not like Parodius? Actually, Ah. not not a lot. Really, I like Parodius better than Gradius, especially the PC Engine version. I think it's Parodius. Da. It might be the. I don't know. Yeah, I've. I did have a version of Parodius on the SNES, and it wasn't just Parodius. It was called something else. I can't remember. Was it sexy Parodius? It might have been super Parodius being the SNES one. It's yeah, like there is a sexy Parodius, which is really good. Might have been. It's got, it's got which, nudie ladies in it and stuff. Which I thought was all right. Yeah, it's a good game. I really like those. Mm, but yeah, I didn't like the graphics. Oh, scoring. Sc- this is a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, because we are recording this on Thursday, because you're off to Fr- Frinton, is it? Frinton France. On, France, not Frinton. France sorry. on sea. I knew it was FR Summit. Somewhere yeah. in the south of France. I don't know where it is. I'm just, oh. just following people. We'll keep the scoring challenge open until Sunday. Okay. So, we're not, so we can't say on this podcast who's got the highest score, but it won't be Charlie Farr because he's on holiday. 
Yeah. Do you want to know my score? Yeah, go on. 195,800. Oh, that's a lot more than me. Good. I like that. I'm currently at about 158, and I can't see me playing it again. I just really, <sighs> really struggled to, to get any enthusiasm after the brilliance of Juno first to play this. I quite like it. I got into it last night. I kept having one more go. I was getting quite miffed of the deaths because it's my own fault. And I kept playing it. I wasn't just like, turn it off, I'm bored of it. I thought, I'll have another go. I just want to want to do 200,000. I didn't quite make 200,000. But I think with a little, little bit more playing, I think it'd be quite easy to, to 1cc. But it does get quite fast later on. I might have another go. I've got some listener comments. Okay. I don't think people liked it except me. Ben of Steel's but. Can't imagine playing this in an arcade. It's just as well because the ROM doesn't load on my bar top. Very much suited for a controller, I think. Mm. Item Shop DX is put Fancy Zone 2, a cutemate where you must commit fratricide when encountering the last boss. Yes. What the, what the F, Sega? What the actual F? Yeah, you've got to kill, kill yourself. Yeah, kill your brother kind of thing. Not good, is it? Ian Cullen put, put oh good good to meet you again at the weekend Ian was looking forward to p- getting back home and playing this you guys aren't actually selling it are you really? I was selling it it's super you, cute yeah I wasn't yeah you put it super cute and tactical genius replied it's definitely super something with four letters <laughs> it's cute little Oprah Oprah's hey he's he's one of Sega's mascots is he yeah you can get little little statues of him and all sorts and pictures and things and. Fluffy toys of him, yeah. He went on to that talk show, didn't he? No. Oprah. <sighs> Oprah, Oprah. I don't think yeah. he did. Um, really popular in Japan, this game was, but nowhere else, I don't think. Wow, they like the colourful They do. thing he was. I've, I've put, when I put my high score on the, well, a score on Twitter, I put really struggling to find any enthusiasm for this game. Jeff Press. Prescott from No Quarter replied, goes better with multi-ales, multi-beers. Oh, okay. Probably would play a bit, yeah. Sol, Sol de Bol. The speed of the ship starts off as it should be called. <laughs> the treacle of Opa Oprah, not the tears. Yes, it does start off quite slow. But just get the big wings. Get 100, 100 coins, get the big wings. It's that simple. If you can find it, going through the, the warps. Certain strategy to shop purchases for sure becomes more maze-like as it goes along with all the warps. Yep, that's fair, fair play. Paul McCaskey. The game is A, very hard. B, Played by someone who enjoyed the 60s too much. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's not hard. I thought it was an easy game. I found it quite difficult. I, but... I, I'd say this game was made for kids, honestly. Because it's really mm. colourful. It's very simple shooting. You just shoot the bases and then the bosses are easy at the end. I think it's a kid's game, honestly. Troll Nads. As per, don't, don't understand this turd. Oh. Oh, Troll Why nads. is he so trolly? <laughs> button mashing fun has put a crazy weird little game I think he liked it good nice yes so no scores this time until you check out the website kids yes that'll, that'll save us speaking them all out yeah speaking them out few, speaking them out <laughs> I cannot remember how to whatever it's called talk <laughs> so the cabinet art there isn't any it was a kit only I think uh, seen lots of pictures on the internet of the game installed in Japanese candy cocktails. Just a little flyer. Uh, would have looked lovely in a brightly coloured cab, though, you reckon? And a 29-inch 29, 29 screen. You would have gone blind, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it, it, would, it would break your eyes. Yeah. Oh, my eyes are broken. Not again. They'd go square, like your mum and dad mm. said. Uh, mm. Trivia. There is a game called Opa Opa on the same hardware. 
called Fantasy Zone The Maze. Ooh, didn't know that. You play Opa Open, it's like a little maze game. You play the little character, so he's been used before. Did you know there's also a modern Fantasy Zone game? It's a four-player game where you sit in the corner of a screen and fire out your Opa Opa like Puzzle Bobble, killing baddies. Apparently it's a medal game, so is it a, like a tickety redemption type thing? It's a tabletop game, four-player, and it's a modern game. Right. I'll put a picture in the links. Mm. Uh, Space Harriet, welcome to the Fantasy Zone. So it's obviously something to do with Fantasy Zone, isn't it? It's a mythical, weird place with all these different coloured things. So for the ports of it, uh, the original was on the Master System and it was made for the arcade from the Master System. And it was also ported to the Famicom and the MSX. And this game was remade, I'm not sure why, by the famous Sega team of developers M2 who did some really mm. good games. Uh, they did it for Sega Ages Volume 33, the Fantasy Zone Complete Collection. So that must have lots of games that have the words or to do with Fantasy Zone. I'll have to check that one out. Mm. For PlayStation 2. And for authenticity's sake, they made the code run on a later Sega hardware platform. I don't know why they did this, but they did. So this game was released for the... Si- well, I'm not sure if it's released, but you can play it on the si- System 16B board with a memory upgrade. So people call this the 16C, which didn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, more on this in our show notes on www.10pencearcade.co.uk. Some quite interesting additions to this remake. Lord knows why they bothered. Because it wasn't that popular. So them putting their money and effort into doing another version of it again on slightly different hardware is a bit weird, because it wasn't the most popular of games. But I played it tonight, the other version, and it's just a better-made version of it. It's got better graphics... Smoother. It's smoother, yeah. it scrolls in four directions, uh, the graphics are nicer, and I got to the first boss, and the bosses are slightly harder, I think. Uh, yeah, the, the logs actually curl around, and they scroll all over the screen, making them harder to dodge. So it's it's obviously better hardware, because it's got like um, the hardware to do all this sort of graphical touches and, and, and effects. But it does mm. look a lot nicer game. I might have to play that a bit more often, actually, because I do quite like this game. It's not amazing, mm-hmm. but I do quite like it. So I'll play the, the newer version just a bit, a bit better. Uh, 3D Fantasy Zone 2 on the 3DS. Yes. And you can also download this from the Wii Virtual Console. You can lots of Sega games. Mm-hmm. So my overall thoughts and improvements for the game, I quite liked it. Uh, I'd give mm-hmm. it like a 3 out of 5 if I was going to give it a score maybe. Mm. It's all right. I like the colours, the boss levels. Absolutely terrible. They need to be redone. The boss levels are rubbish. Absolutely terrible. Mm. Just the, the plain screen. Why do they? Why don't they just leave the background of the original game on and put a boss on top? I don't know. Mm. Uh, so better boss levels and different levels because they're all exactly the same apart from the graphics. You just scroll left to right, get in the bases, go through the warps. That's it for the whole game. Seven levels. They should make yeah. them different. Maybe scroll in a different direction. I don't know. Whatever. Mm. Well, I, I obviously can tell I didn't like this game, and I'm not really sure why I didn't like it. I think because of the the, the high of playing Juno first, and then to play this, there's it's like an inoffensive little left to right shooter. Yeah, but I thought the ship was too slow. But you obviously big can wings, speed that up. big wings. Yeah, you have to shoot the bases a stupid amount of times. Do you know what I put? I thought, right, I'm going to play through this and see all the 
see all the graphics so I can talk about it with some authority on the podcast. And I just couldn't bring myself to see any of the later levels. So I've only seen the first three levels. And I I, I've only know, played the first three, but I watched a video on the other ones. But I normally try and be very prepared with my facts on the podcast about the you? game. Facts? Facts! Really? Just couldn't be bothered. You have to shoot the bases a stupid amount of times. I think that the, the amount of times you have to shoot them is higher and higher. Yeah. So put auto-fire on, try to go through it. What? Just put auto-fire on. You know who's just heard you say that, don't you? Troll nads. He's, he's on the case already. He's, he's, I can hear him on his keyboard of rage now. <laughs> auto-fire and endless lives. And I still got to level I got to level 5 and I thought, and I just can't be bothered. It's the same all the way through, isn't it? It's just the same over and over again. Yeah. I don't mm. like having to find your way through the warps to the boss battles. Oh, that's easy. I uh, just couldn't. Be but you bothered. have put a good point on here. You missed. It would mm. help if the the bases changed color as they got weaker. That is a good point. If they sort of went from brightly colored to black and white, maybe yeah, like a grey scale, that'd be quite a good little effect. Started flashing or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I don't know. But going into the shop and Do coming out. Do you not like it? Do you not like it, Sean? I didn't like it. I didn't really. like it. It's a shooter. I didn't like. Yeah, weird. Well, I'll probably beat you, so that's even better. That's another reason to like it more. You've beat me so far, but I might put another... Actually, no, I'm going to leave my score at 158,000. That's it. 158,000. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another another um, sequel that came out, a game called Galactic Protector. God, no. Please save us from this madness. And that's on the Sega Mark through the Master System. And the Mega Drive got Super Fantasy Zone as well, which I'm going to check out. I think it'll be good on the Mega Drive. What is wrong? I, I wonder if it was some kind of Japanese manga or anime kind of character here. I think it's said. their own character, but I think it was just used as one of their little mascots and he used it for different games. Uh, there's a cute, cute bit where that end screen you put, where there's little tears coming out of his little little metal face. How can you not like a spaceship with little legs? A spaceship's quite cute. He's quite cool, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. He, he needs some like eyebrows or something to give him a bit of expression yes annoyed looking down eyebrows yeah mm. like me most of the time okay that's that game done i'm gonna play i'm gonna continue playing the newer version because i played it tonight just once and it looks quite good and it does seem more difficult especially the boss stages interesting mm. maybe that's why they they changed it a bit because the bosses were rubbish i don't know but I'm not sure if you can even get that on actual hardware. I know it works on arcade hardware, modified hardware, but I don't know if you can actually buy it or get it from a old arcade operator or whatever. I do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a better version, that, that other one. Yes, definitely. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, more modern hardware, isn't it? Home computer and console arcade ports. Nope. Next show's game. So, right, let's wrap this up by... Telling the users, the listeners, the writers, the watchers, the viewers, whatever they're called, those people who tune in, uh, what your game is going to be for next time. Yes, I've picked an obscure one this time. I you didn't have? Quite, I don't know what it is. Quite a few famous things. So we're going for an obscure one. And we've done a lot of shooters. So I'm tr- this one's got a little bit of shooting in, but not too much. The game is called Dr. Micro. Is he not a micro doctor, a tiny little doctor? Well, there is. That is a part of the story, yeah. It's from okay. Sanritsu, 1983. Yep. 
the ROM is DR micro, Dr. Micro, one word. You can get it on Raspberry Pi. The default settings, three lives, extra lives at 50,000, 150,000. All I'll say is the collision detection is very forgiving on a, the difficult third level. So just remember that. Okay. So you know about it already? Yeah, but I've played it to get ready for this. Okay, nice one. Not too so, much. So I will check that out when I get back from France. Frinton. Frinton, where it's called. Mm. Frinton on Sea. I had an ice cream in Frinton once. Is this a joke? No, that was, that's, that's my story. Not a great one, is it? It's your best story so far. <laughs> At best, that is your best story. It's great, isn't it? Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, listeners. Thanks for listening. Talk to you in two weeks' time. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 